You are listening to The Pilgrim on the 405 with Will Christ. Join him as he and his guests discover how businesses thrive in California. Well, welcome to The Pilgrim on the 405 on this beautiful day here in Southern California. We're going to have a great conversation today with Philip Rebentish. Now, Philip is has a wonderful program called Don't Strain Yourself. And Philip from Redondo Beach. Philip, tell us, what is this Don't Strain Yourself? So thank you so much for having me, Will. On Will, it's a pleasure to be here. And Don't Strain Yourself is a platform to educate older adults about medicinal cannabis. There is so much information out there about how to use cannabis. Not all of it's correct. And I just wanted to provide a platform for older adults to be able to have a trusted source where you can go and learn from other patients about their experiences with cannabis, along with medical professionals giving their point of view and cannabis experts talking about it. So the goal is just, just to help people in my age group, you know, 40 and above, right. to learn more about cannabis. And that's really the goal. Well, all right. So so talk to me about why do we have to be telling people about cannabis? What's the issue? I look at it from a medicinal point of view. Um, I consider the cannabis plant a medicinal plant. And as we all know, the history of cannabis you know, legalization in the United States, it all started with medicinal cannabis. And in fact, most of the, the programs in 33 states now are based on a medicinal cannabis program. And what I find with older people, and again, over 40, um, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, even 80s, is we grew up under the stigma that cannabis was bad. You know, marijuana was a bad thing. Um, it'll, it's a gateway drug. It will lead to crime. And so older adults are fighting that stigma of what's available now as a medicinal plant. So what I'm trying to do is help stop that stigmatization of cannabis and talk about it from a medicinal point of view. Because I, I strongly feel that medicinal cannabis is the moral voice of the cannabis community. And when we stop looking at it from a medicinal point of view and more as an adult use point of view, it becomes another commodity. And I just want to make sure that we're, we remain rooted in the fact that it's a medicinal plant. Growing up, uh, cannabis was in the same category as heroin. Uh, yeah, still is. Alcohol. Yeah. Uh, all of these... Uh, how would you put them? What's the category? They, they were immoral. Oh, for sure. Immoral. Absolutely. I mean, obviously illegal, you know, growing up, you know, it wasn't until, you know, Proposition 215 in 1996 passed in California, which was the first, you know, medicinal cannabis program in the country. Um, and so we all grew up with that. And nobody called it cannabis, right? It's true scientific name. Of course, it was all marijuana. And so I think, you know, it, it was just blown so far out of proportion in terms of the value of the plant and as a schedule one drug, quote unquote, um, within the federal guidelines, uh, federal re regulations, that means it has no medicinal value. And it was a political decision back in the day to make it a schedule one drug. Um, and I just think we have to do whatever we need to do to help fight that context in which, which marijuana use, cannabis use was framed back in the day to what it is now and how it can help people. And it's it's a hurdle that needs to be crossed. I mean, yes, polls are showing more and more acceptance across the across the country by, you know, both political parties. And I maintain that 
cannabis legalization and medicinal cannabis should not be a political issue. It should not be a red versus blue issue. It's a health issue. And that's one of the things that I just want to get across. Politics stops at the door. So, all right. So you, you use the word fighting and, and um, I don't think you have to fight it. I mean, yeah. I, I think you provide the alternative mindset. Yes. Right. Now, that's a good way to look at it. Right. It's so it's a positive thing, not right. fighting, which, you know, is, of course, a negative connotation. But oh, no, you're absolutely right. right. Well, <laughs> whenever you whenever you're fighting somebody, uh, you're going to find somebody fighting back. Yeah. Right. Yes, but, for sure. But absolutely. Pre- presenting presenting uh, the, the data that you have. And of course, people uh, today, people are going to challenge any data you present. Uh, I was talking with a good friend just before we got on the on the show here and. And he, he said, you know, I, uh, I uh, he said, I am very suspicious of anything the federal government says. And I said, well, uh, you know, I would join you as long as we can, as, as long as we can extend it beyond the federal government, because I'm highly suspicious of anything anybody says right now. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. Skepticism <laughs> is a healthy thing. Well, that's right. I mean, <laughs> I mean you know, I, uh, you know, I, when I listen to various sides to controversies, they all seem so logical right. and, sure. you know, and, yeah, yeah. and, and, uh, you know, it's like everything is a conspiracy, <laughs> right? But, but then isn't that what, uh, education is about is conspiring to open our minds to things that we didn't know about. That's exactly right. And that's the central tenant and mission of don't strain yourself is to bring on fellow patients that have experience with cannabis that can share their stories um, to other people that may be learning about cannabis or they use cannabis back in the day, like like my story. You know, I used cannabis as a teenager. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was a musician. I was a writer. Um, I was hanging around with 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 seniors in high school when I was a freshman because I was a musician. So yes, I used cannabis at a very early age. Um, and you know, well, back back in the day, nobody thought about it for the medicinal value. You know, the the running joke at the time, you may remember, I certainly remember, was if you smoke marijuana, then you won't get glaucoma. Right. There was no no data for that, no medical evidence. But you know, that's what you know people would joke around and say, well, I won't get. get glaucoma, but nobody considered it a medicinal point of view. I mean, to be honest, it was, yes, everyone was smoking weed or smoking uh-huh. pot to get high. Uh-huh. And so with my, my own story is I went for about 10, maybe 15 years without using cannabis of any kind. And then about five years ago, I wanted to find something to help me sleep. And that's what led me back to um, exploring cannabis. And as a writer and a researcher, you know, I know how to do research. Well, I mean, that's part of part of my profession and being on the media side of things. So my I got my medical marijuana card. By the way, that yeah. is the educational conspiracy, right? Right. Yes. Every right. professor out there is engaged in this overwhelming conspiracy to teach you how to do real research. Right. And you have to figure out your own methods and, yes. and validate those. Right. What a and conspiracy. So, what a conspiracy. So I needed to educate myself, right? Because it was a whole new world of modern cannabis. And, uh-huh. and well, I will never forget it. The, the first time I went to a dispensary with my medical marijuana card, again, about four or five years ago, I thought I knew what I was doing. You know, I had done the research, you know, at least what I thought was research. I went in there and talked with this 20 something bud tender that didn't have a clue about what I was really needed. I purchased the wrong product. It was not an enjoyable experience. Experience, and I thought to myself, 
hey, if that can happen to me, someone that, that, that you know, is a writer, can do research, thought I knew what was doing, and then I went in there and walked out with a completely wrong product, then that's going to happen to a lot of other people. So I completely agree with you that education is is paramount to getting um, a solid and authentic message across. And that's why it's so important to me to hear from other you know patients to talk about their experiences, but also have medical professionals talking about what the plant may be able to do and why more research is needed. And also cannabis experts to give their point of view on how the plant may help people. So um, if I can get that trifecta of, you know, a cannabis patient who's also a medical professional that's working in the cannabis business, well, that's a perfect interview and a perfect day. <laughs> right, right. right. So, all right. So now uh, what you're doing is, is curating information from around the world around the state no, it's all originally produced so mm. what i it's primarily a video platform and you can find it at don'tstrainyourself.com um it's a video platform of short duration videos and i purposely did it that way because i want them easily digestible you know snackable is the phrase i use Mm-hmm. And so for the patient stories, what I do is I, I create a whole 15-minute interview where I, I interview the person, you know, in person um, with a video camera. We've also had some Zoom interviews, which are, you know, great for people, especially during COVID, you know, to be able to reach out to people across the nation. But I really prefer to do in-person interviews that are video-based. And I present that whole interview. You can watch the whole thing if you want. And I'm, I love it when people do. But I've also broken it down by topic. So if you go to the site and you want to watch a a three-minute video about how to talk to your family about cannabis um, or how to talk to your son or daughter about cannabis um, or coming out of the cannabis closet is how I put it to your family, Mm -hmm. you can search and do and and watch individual topics like that. Because, you know, we live in such a, you know, a time-frenzied age that we just don't have the attention spans that we used to. So I want to make it easy for people to be able to search individual topics that may be of interest to them. Well, let's take a look at the site. How about that? That'd be great. All right. So here we are. What do we see here? We see a variety of images of people that I want to make sure people feel inclusive when they come to Don't Strain Yourself. Um, Yes, it's targeted at over 40. Um, That's a very intentional thing um, because I want to be able to communicate in a style that I'm comfortable with and that my audience will, will is comfortable with. So okay. each one of these leads to its own page where there's a link to a YouTube video. Um, mm-hmm. And you'll see that I want to have a variety of content. So we have a manufacturing company, Fire Labs in Santa Ana, that helped with a nonprofit program with Dear Cannabis. Um, mm-hmm. Dr. Joan um, talking about um, cannabis and sex product reviews. Um, and also, as you, you know, you're scrolling down, you'll see cannabis nurses are essential. That's an interview with um, Eloise Thiessen, the current president of the American Cannabis Nurses Association. Mm-hmm. Um, Food is Life, uh, an interview with a really well-known cannabis chef, Chef Matt, who is here in, in um, the Los Angeles area. So talking about how food is important, right, and how you can use cannabis as part of your, your overall health and wellness program. And again, Elizabeth Mack, um, uh, an amazing um, woman with a lot of initials after her name um, to talk about the medical side of things. And so you'll see it's a balance, again, of what I was mentioning earlier of cannabis patients, cannabis professionals, and cannabis medical experts. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, Dr. Dr. Leah is an amazing um, person. She is, she has a, a, a doctorate degree in pharmacy and medicinal, um, you know, plant medicine is very important to her. And she's moved into the, the cannabis side of things. And um, it's just a way of, of showcasing a lot of different viewpoints about what's important. Um, compassion and action that we're looking at now um, is actually what launched Don't Strain Yourself. And that's a, a video that I did to support Senate Bill 34, uh, the Dennis Brown and um, Brownie Mary Act, which is a legal program where cannabis patients in need, if they can't afford it and they qualify for the program, can receive donated cannabis medicine. So that's something that's very important to me from a community standpoint is making sure that people in need, especially veterans, um, have access to cannabis medicine, especially if they can't afford it. So let's talk a little bit about what, what are some uses of cannabis for medicinal purposes? The thing that's, that's so great about the plant is that it has a variety of uses. And the reason I called the show don't, strain yourself is because there are so many varieties of strains, which are, you know, essentially the building blocks of a particular cannabis flower, right? Mm -hmm. um, and what the properties of that particular quote unquote strain will help with. So in other words, you know, we, we learn growing up the right tool for the job. Well, in the cannabis world, it's the same thing. And it may take time to discover what particular strain may work for you. For you. And this is something I talk about all the time is that part of your cannabis journey involves experimentation mm. because each body is different, which means the medicine that you're taking may react differently to what you, what your body needs and what you're trying to, um, to help with. So cannabis has been shown, um, and there are studies out there. We need more research, but, but cannabis has been shown to help with a variety of, 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 um, ailments. One of the main things, and it's why prop, um, 215 passed in 1996 was to help cancer patients and uh, HIV AIDS patients deal with the awful side effects of chemotherapy and radiation and other, you know, really hard um, drugs, needed drugs to help them um, get their treatment. But those drugs have very serious side effects. And cannabis is shown to help with nausea, it's, it's obviously shown to help with, with hunger issues, right? There's the old joke, you know, getting the munchies after right. cannabis. But if you're a cancer patient and you're on chemotherapy and you're not eating or you can't keep things down, having it, something that helps induce your appetite is a really good thing. So there are a lot of, there's a variety of medical issues. For me personally, again, I use it to help me sleep. And part of that is um, relaxing at the end of the day. I consider myself a medicinal cannabis user. You know, adult use is fine. Um, of, of course, I'm not against that. But from my perspective, the medicinal side of things is, uh, is what is really important. So sleep and anxiety reduction for me, um, it's been shown to help with pain, the combination of THC and CBD, which are the two of the most well-known components of cannabis, work so well together to help with pain and inflammation. You have to find the right product for what you, what you are seeking. So if you have inflammation on your elbow, maybe a topical cannabis product, which is essentially a lotion, um, mm -hmm. may help with that. Um, and applying it throughout the day, there's a concept called microdosing, where if you have a chronic condition, you can use cannabis throughout the day in measured doses. And 
Well, getting back to the educational side of things, it's so important to learn about microdosing and how to use cannabis properly, right? So you get the, the, the best benefit out of it and talking with medical professionals and cannabis professionals about what me, what might be best for you and your particular ailment. And, and well, that's why I rely on the medical experts coming on the show to talk about it from their point of view, from an educated, scientific and knowledgeable uh, viewpoint. Well, so let's let's talk about uh, uh, how to use. What are the what are the ways that you use uh, cannabis, THC or CBD? How do you? I mean, it, are we still smoking it? Yeah, yeah, we are. A lot of people are still, you know, traditionally smoking cannabis, whether it's a pipe, um, you know, rolling a joint, um, using a bong. I personally don't like smoke. I'm a former asthmatic, and I'm very proud of saying former. Mm -hmm. former mm -hmm. asthmatic. So I don't want to smoke. I don't want to inhale smoke into my lungs. It's just not a comfortable experience. So mm -hmm. for me personally, I use a process called vaping flour, where it's essentially heating the cannabis up, but it's not to the point of smoking, where I'm then inhaling um, the vaporized cannabis and getting all the benefits of that into my lungs without smoke. So yes, um, smoking is still wildly popular. Among the age group that I'm trying to communicate with, tinctures are very popular because you can have measured doses. Um, topical uses of cannabis, again, like I was mentioning earlier, if you've got uh, a surface issue or a joint issue where a, a, a lotion, a topical, can help deal with that pain right away, that's a great option. Um, I'm a big fan of beverages, right? Because again, it's a, it's a metered dose within that um, cannabis beverage. And I also want to mention a, a product that are that's called kin slips, which are sublingual strips that you kind of like what you would you, you know you picture um, the strips that you put on your teeth, right? For whitening, it's the same idea. Only these you put under your tongue and they dissolve in a few minutes. Yet you're getting that cannabis medicine in a really discreet way. So there are a variety of ways to consume cannabis, and again, that's part of your personal journey of deciding what works best for you. All right. So for, uh, for your target market, over 40 people who, who mm -hmm. are looking around to see how they can, they can participate in the, uh, in the medicinal value of cannabis, of mm -hmm. uh, where they go to the dispensary. Is that what they do to find out where, how, how would they find uh, a path? So I think it's important to, um, talk with people you trust. The thing that I find amazing is, you know, people do have cannabis secrets, right? Because they, again, because of this stigma, they uh -huh. might not be very vocal about their cannabis use. But mm -hmm. the first thing that, that I start with is talk with someone you trust. They very well may be using cannabis or they may be using CBD. Um, but talk with people you trust first to see what their reaction is. And Again, Will, that's kind of what I'm trying to do with Don't Strain Yourself is having a variety of people on there talk about their experience the same way they might talk to a friend about it, right? So you can have that discreet conversation. But I say start with friends and then do your own research. You know, there, there are, there's a plethora of cannabis platforms out there. And that's the thing about the community that, that I'm trying to build. Yes, I, of course, I want people to come to the site and I want people to watch the videos and, you know, um, you know, participate in the site. But I also encourage people to go to other, um, platforms to learn. A, a great example, um, is Americans for Safe Access, which is a nonprofit organization. It's Americans for Safe Access.org, where you can go there and really learn, um, 
from an unbiased viewpoint in terms of the benefits of medicinal cannabis. And when I, when I say by unbi unbiased, it's a neutral platform, which is going to give you credible information. And normal, the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws, it's been around since 1973, um, or at least the LA chapter has been. Mm -hmm. And um, the national chapter may have formed in 1970. But it's been around forever. And again, it's a credible source advocating for the benefits of, of marijuana use. So mm -hmm. I think it's important, um, to check out, you know, different groups. There are, a, again, there are a plethora of Facebook groups where you can go and learn from other people and their experiences. Um, and yeah, there you go. Americans for safe access. So I'm a, I'm a big believer in what they're doing. Um, and other nonprofits out there that are just trying to put out information um, that is credible and based on facts. Mm -hmm. So coming to the site, normal uh, access for Americans yes, for Americans safe, for safe access. access. Yep. Uh, and uh, and and your site, which is again, don'tstrainyourself.com. Don'tstrainyourself.com. But finding those places and spending some time there and people would do that if they had pain. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, cannabis is, you know, and there are studies, especially out of Israel. Israel, in my opinion, is leading the way in cannabis research. Um, it's, it, it's, it's legal there to be able to do research. So it's unhindered like it currently is in the United States. Now, granted, research is, you know, increasing here in the United States, which I, of course I fully support, but we need more of it. But studies have shown that cannabis can be, be very beneficial for pain. And again, it's that interaction of THC and CBD working together. It's called the entourage effect. And even if it's a low ratio, for instance, well, if you don't want to feel the, the psychoactive effects, in other words, of getting high, quote unquote, but you want the benefits, the benefits of the, the, the entourage effect or whole plant, you can use cannabis products that have a one to one ratio of THC to CBD or even more CBD to less THC in order to balance out the, the, the effects of not wanting to feel high, but still getting the benefits of using cannabis and, and, and the interaction with THC, um, to help our network deal with pain, our internal body network called the endocannabinoid system in combination with CBD, which helps inflammation. Again, we need more research about why it is effective, but circumstantial and anecdotal evidence shows that yes, it is. And the number one reason that people across the nation are using cannabis, especially older adults is for pain. Mm. And to cut their reliance on opiates, and study after uh, study has uh, shown right there, right there, yeah, it, it it is an alternative to opioids. Exactly, exactly. Now let's say that again. This is an alternative, equally effective, to opioids. That is correct. In in state after state, with medicinal cannabis programs, have shown that those states are reducing. Um, their opioid um, overdose and use of, of opiate prescriptions, right? Even Walmart, Walmart, uh, a study had shown that, that in certain states with, with uh, medicinal cannabis laws, prescriptions filled at Walmart for opiates actually decreased. And that's one reason why it's so important for me to support the veterans' efforts in this regard, um, because opiates are widely prescribed. Um, and opiates are not a bad thing. 
right? They are a needed medicine. The trouble is long-term abuse of that. And so if you can use plant-based medicine to reduce your reliance on a narcotic, you know, on a pharmaceutical drug, then I am all for that. And then again, that's one reason why I support veterans. But, but to your point, Will, yeah, um, pain is, is, remains the number one reason why people, um, especially people our age, start using medicinal cannabis. Well, and, and, and uh, I just think that's a very important, important uh, a, a piece of knowledge is that you have an alternative to prescription uh, drug reduction, uh, what, tools? Yes, exactly. It, that's exactly right. And it's so important, especially when you look at the, you know, the, the opiate deaths that have occurred over the last, what, five, 10 years, um, which have just been so painful. Um, so if there's a way that we can use natural plant medicine to reduce the reliance on opiates, opioids, um, that's a really good thing. And again, that's another reason why I support medicinal cannabis because it does help people move away from those drugs. Let's approach it as a naive. A uh, person who um, <laughs> has has inherited uh, the uh, you can say inherited the trauma of of uh, what was that movie that was there? Uh, um, what was the movie that was put together to scare everybody away from marijuana? Oh, uh, yeah, um, I'm blanking on the name, but yeah, it was back in the 30s. Um, yeah, sorry, I'm blanking on the name of the moment. Will. Um, but- but, but yeah, it was the, it was pure propaganda. Yeah, yeah. But that was the trauma that was yeah. the trauma that we are carrying with us. So let's let's approach this from that trauma uh, yeah. infused person. So what's the worst possible thing that could happen if I tried cannabis? You would get sleepy and go to sleep. Oh now, no. I know it's horrible. It's a horrible reaction. Or if it's a different strain that's designed to give you more energy, you may be very focused for a little while and very awake for a little while. Uh-huh. And again, it comes down to dosing and learning about what you're doing. And I I invented this term a few years ago for for something I was working on and it's called don't break the glass rule, which means go low and start slow. So Use of cannabis requires a personal journey, and I, I mentioned that earlier in our, our chat, but it is really important to, to take things um, at a lower level and work your way up because you don't want to have a bad experience like I did the first time I went to a dispensary and came home with product. I got way too high, um, was in front of my kids. Um, they didn't know, but I was not feeling comfortable about it. So, again, it's very important to um, to experiment and take things slow and you know don't be that person that goes and buys you know a candy bar that is in total 100 milligrams of thc when you only need two milligrams right if you eat that whole thing you're not going to have a fun experience but a fact that i love to say is no one's ever died from using legal cannabis all right so what what i'm sensing from looking around uh, I'm a big fan of David Asprey, a bulletproof coffee guy. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Right. I do. I do. All yes, right. yes. All right. So, so he talks about biohacking. Now, what I believe he's talking about, at least the people who are following him, I believe what we're doing is we are taking responsibility for our health. Yes. Right? Yes, absolutely. And, 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 and that means 
That means paying attention. I try this, see if it works, do this, see if it works, change this, ask the community that I trust, get involved with people where I can trust. And maybe, maybe I can even talk to Dave at some point and ask him about it. But, but my point is, is that what I observe is that we, uh, as human beings, are taking more responsibility for our health rather than leaving it in the hands of well-meaning, often, physicians, but <laughs> not always well-meaning uh, pharmacy uh, board members. Right. Right? Absolutely. The pharmaceutical drug company board members. And, and so taking responsibility for our health means, oh, my goodness, I'm overweight. What can I do? Oh, I'm in pain. What can I do? Yes, I could take opiates. Yes, I could take those drugs. But are there alternatives that, I, that might be uh, give me a better sense of health and 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 to leave my pain. So absolutely, I think you are onto something here. Uh, it's not just uh, talking to people and educating them about about medical use of cannabis. You are also advocating for people to take responsibility for their well being. Absolutely, health and wellness is a big part of it. Um, and I, one of the things that I that I want to explore is the concept of cannabis travel, where you're traveling to a resort for a seminar or somewhere where you can learn more in a relaxed setting about cannabis. And the thing is with, with doctors right now, most traditional uh, physicians, you know, MDs, your, your internists are not well educated about uh, cannabis. It's not really taught in, in medical schools. Hopefully that's changing. I think it's important to talk to your physicians about cannabis use because you, you do want to avoid, you know, potential drug interactions. And, and I'll give you a good example of that. So, um, I take medication for hypertension, um, just to, to keep it in check. And so I told my cardiologist at one point that I was planning on using cannabis and his reaction really surprised me. He said, that's really great. Let's see how it affects your, your blood pressure over time. And I'm proud to, you know, be able to say that my personal blood pressure, um, has been, been lowered because of my cannabis use, which, which allowed me to not completely lose the pharmaceuticals, right? Because it, they, they do serve a purpose, but I was able to, to, uh, lessen the, the dosage. Uh, yeah. and so that, that's just one concrete example of how, why it's important to talk to your physicians about it, but understanding that your traditional physician might not be trained in cannabis medicine. I found that nurses um, seem to be a, a little bit more open to that. And there's a few cannabis nurses associations out there that helps train RNs about, um, you know, how to interact with patients that are using cannabis. But again, well, you're, you're absolutely right. You, you, you do need to make a decision to say, hey, I want to take more care and take charge of my personal, you know, health. How am I going about it? So I really do look at it like it's a health and wellness um, endeavor. And that's what I also want to try to communicate, you know? Well, I think one of the things that we've learned in the past 10 years is that not only do our physicians on the whole uh, not know a whole lot about cannabis, they also don't know a whole lot about nutrition. Correct. And, Absolutely and, true. 
over and over again. I mean, I, I suppose if we were to if we were to in, in, to ask our physicians about how many courses on cannabis uh, for medicinal purposes did you have, probably zero. And, and then to ask them also how many courses on nutrition did you have? Well, maybe one or two. And and it, 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 so taking responsibility for our own health, not independent, but seeing the physician as a resource, not yes. as a dispenser of health. Correct. And, and so, go in and ask questions, right? Well, ask questions. As a resource, as a yeah, resource. Exactly. I mean, treat them as a resource to help you achieve your goals of health, maximal health and, and well-being. And, and, and what I hear you saying is, don't forget, medical marijuana is, is a, a uh, a certain, it's an acceptable and it's an effective tool to use in your uh, pharmacology. Exactly. And you need to, you need to take it seriously, in my opinion. I mean, again, well, adult use is, is fine and that's great. That's not the world that, that, that I work in or live in. You're talking about recreational. Exactly. World. Adult right. use, recreational, uh, Prop 64 that passed that allowed, you know, a, recreational. I prefer the term adult use. Yes. Um, right. Because again, it's about responsibility. You know, I'm not taking anything away from that. It's still plant medicine and people, whether you, you're using it for medicinal purposes or, or adult use, you're still getting a medicinal benefit. Mm -hmm. I just prefer to be on the side of, of the medicinal side of things and to take it seriously as a medicine, like you would with anything that you put in your body that has um, a medicinal effect. You want to make sure you're doing the right thing. And again, as more and more doctors and, and nurses and medical professionals become educated about medicinal cannabis, that's just going to be a great thing, especially when it's, it's either descheduled or legalized at the federal levels, which will then open up the floodgates to more research in this country. Well, and I also think that, that taking responsibility for that learning on our own and then approaching our physicians and asking them questions, using their expertise to, to help us fill in the gaps, uh, to open our eyes to places where we may have been blind in, like for you. Ah, nice, interesting. Let's see how that affects your blood pressure medicine. Mm -hmm. Let's see exactly. what your blood pressure. I mean, that way we're working together for my health. We're not working yes. for the pharmaceutical company or for the ego of the doctor. That's that, that's exactly right. And I really encourage people to to speak with their their physicians because well, the more people that bring up this subject matter to your traditional internist or you know cardiologist or whatever it may be, the more people that are starting to ask questions to their primary care physicians, the more that's going to drive the need for that physician to be educated because after a while you know, you might be actually harming your patient if you don't know about interactions. Well, if, if absolutely interactions, uh, only prescribing opiates, even if it's for a short term, because that makes that person vulnerable to the long term addictive uh, part exactly. of opiates. So, so all of that. Now, I got a question for you. I hear you talking about uh, 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 cannabis travel. What if, what if, have you explored just being part of the wellness world, not specifically the cannabis world, but the wellness world? I mean, we have, we have so many things. I mean, biohacking with, with mm -hmm. Dave Asprey, 
I mean, it's, it's a wealth of knowledge there. Dr. Perlmutter, a wealth of knowledge. A number of Dr. Davis talking about cardiology. All of these are resources. And have you thought that you are one more resource in that whole rainbow of offerings for health and well-being? Absolutely. And I'm really happy that you mentioned that because one of the things we want to be able to do with Don't Strain Yourself is to partner with wellness centers um, to be able to be a resource and hold events at your traditional wellness centers, if there's such a thing as a traditional wellness center, but to be able to work with people and and companies that might not be in the cannabis space, but to be a resource for them to educate their patients and their customers about it. So you're absolutely right. That's the whole concept of your overall health and wellness is so important. And for me personally, yes, that wellness component is something that I definitely want to explore. So you're now getting your message out to another group of people that are, are if they're at a wellness center, are, are you know wanting to take care of themselves. And here's another avenue from a trusted resource that you can. And originally, when I came up with the idea of Don't Strain Yourself, it was going to be more of an event-based company with a little bit of media as opposed to a primarily a video platform with some events. Mm-hmm. And the day that I bought a brand new video camera to be able to start doing this was the day that Governor Newsom, we, we enacted the, the stay at home orders for COVID-19. Right. right. Thank you very much. I believe me, I support all that. And it's all that I, I do. I support that we needed to do it. But that completely changed the model of what I wanted to do with Don't Strain Yourself, which was originally envisioned is exactly what you were saying. Teaming up with, with not just dispensaries and having events at dispensaries, but also with wellness clinics. Uh, physical therapy, you know, clinics, anywhere that's trying to get people better, co-sponsoring events with them yes, to be able to bring in the cannabis point of view, but not necessarily focused just on cannabis. In other words, that whole range right. of wellness right. that you can bring into your life. Right. And so when, when COVID hit, obviously I needed to change things a little bit. And I decided that after, you know, essentially what was it a year of that or so, I just decided, okay, things are, things are improving. Um, I wanted to launch Don't, Don't Strain Yourself. And my idea was I'm just going to go start, go, you know, just start interviewing people and yes. getting that content built and the rest will follow. So it, it truly was fire yeah. ready aim because yeah. I just wanted to get going. And I was, I, well, I was tired of waiting. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Don't wait. Just go Don't do it. Don't wait. Exactly. And then the rest will follow. I encourage you right? to, to interview people in the wellness world people who are biohackers and get them to talk about how in addition to all these other things that they're using as they take responsibility for their own wellness and health and uh, wellness and uh, health and well-being uh, that 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 interviewing them and because cannabis for many of them is is certainly authentic and real mm-hmm. but it is one part of health, wellness and health and, exactly. and well-being. And, and I think that's part of the, part of the struggle is moving from, uh, this inherited trauma of, of, uh, all that stuff around how bad marijuana is. It's almost like, Oh, I got to abandon that and move to this other camp. But if I'm really looking at how do I, how do I maximize my own health and well-being? Oh, and one part of that is learning more about cannabis, Mm -hmm. as well as learning about other supplements and learning about nutrition and learning about what not to eat and all of those things. That seems to me to be 
much more effective. And I would encourage you to think about that. And I sincerely appreciate that because it keeps me on track of what I want to do, mm-hmm. right? In that avenue and partnering with other people that are, that are trying to spread that message of wellness and how, what do you need to do to change your life, right? If, if you're, if you're dealing, especially with a chronic issue, what can you do to support that? So responsibility. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. Responsibility and, and owning it. And, yes. you know, we, we tend as a society, to put physicians on a pedestal, right? Instead of actively questioning, hey, wait a minute, right? Food producers the same way, you know, oh my goodness, we got all this wonderful pizza that we can bring in that's all frozen and put in here, but why do I feel so bad? Yeah, exactly. All right, make it at home. Uh, (laughs) But but yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And so I I thank you for for suggesting that because it, it is part of the plan with Don't Strain Yourself. And I really appreciate the fact that you see value in that as well, because that's very important to me. Right. Well, this has been wonderful. I've, I've really enjoyed our conversation, Philip. So, so tell us again, what would you like people who are struggling with pain or uh, insomnia or any other issues where their well-being is impacted? What would you encourage them to do? Keep an open mind about cannabis use. If you've used it in the past, you're thinking about reentering, get educated, do some studying. Find out what may be best for your body. Again, the right tool for the job. So again, Will, getting back to your point of taking personal responsibility, you need to find out a little bit more about what might work best for you. And again, that that double entendre of don't strain yourself is exactly that, is because I don't want people to feel um, anxiety or stress about learning about cannabis. So the whole thing of don't strain yourself is to approach it seriously but gradually have some fun with it right but but make that effort to learn about it and then talk with other people about it and they can do that from looking at obviously don't strain yourself.com again americans for safe access is great normal is great um the marijuana policy project is is great there are other cbd uh side of things out there and and i'm one of those people that I, I don't believe in the a wall of separation between the THC side of things and the CBD side of things. You know, they both have their place. Um, mm-hmm. And so I do support that. But again, deciding that you want to do something about it, take those steps to research it, talk to people about it, and then start your journey. Again, it, it takes some experimentation to find the right strain, the right product for what you're trying to improve. And you, you can't get in, discouraged by it because it does, I'm still experimenting. I mean, I'm four yeah. or five years in and I'm still trying different things to say, Hey, wait a minute. Maybe this amount or this certain strain might work better. But that, that's true of the journey toward health and well being. Yes. Taking I responsibility for that journey. And it changes with the marketplace. It changes with the environment. It changes with my body. All of these changes. But then that presents me with new opportunities for learning how to take responsibility in that journey toward health and well-being. So yes. thanks, Philip, so much for being with us today. Oh, well, thank is, you. Well, this is just one more example of how, how, how we in California thrive. You've been listening to The Pilgrim on the 405 with Will Christ. To hear more of the programs in this podcast, go to www.willchrist.com.